Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome to episode 344 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very good, David. Uh, there's a particular reason as to why, but um, how, how are you doing? I'm doing well too. Why are you so good today? Uh, Liverpool didn't win the league, so... <laughs> 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 and uh, now, now they can't win the treble or the quadruple, so that's, uh, it's always a good thing. <laughs> and uh, it was a very, it was a very scary day yesterday because they almost did. Yes, they were very, very close from what I hear. They uh, yeah. it went to Man City, didn't it? So I mean, yeah. still Manchester rivals, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So I had a very good day yesterday. So. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm very, very well. Been a little bit calmer this week than the craziness of the bloodbath that was the TV. Stuff last week it's been calmed down a little bit uh, we've had quite a few trailers and stuff drop this week mm-hmm. and um, bits of sort of mopping up and news and things so we'll get into that in a minute before we get to that what have you been watching uh, we'll actually finished two shows yesterday which is good that was after all the football madness went and finished Heartstopper. this is the lgbtq show that is focused on it's mainly focused on these two guys that are figuring out their uh, sexuality well, one of them's a bit further ahead in their sort of journey with that and the other one is more kind of questioning and stuff which is cool and it tackles kind of like British teenage school areas of that type of thing as Gray kind of mentioned before because obviously with Love Victor that is still sort of the same age group but obviously that's more in America and they've got you know different ways of doing things over there Mm -hmm. I'm going to probably because I got a message Gray back actually he messaged me this morning because we're going to hopefully do some sort of season review for that going to all spoilers and stuff but I don't think it is as good as Love Victor but that's quite like for me personally obviously that's a very like personal show to me that was a particularly higher bias I still still think it's a really really great show most importantly though I think it's an important TV show so aside from its actual qualities and stuff and the way that the story is told and all that I do think it's a very very important show and uh, that's always really really good especially with you know with Pride Month for like a just over a week away or so the show kind of also did help me in certain ways as well there there were certain ways I related to certain characters which was really good my one sort of not really criticism because they have been renewed for two more seasons which is good because once I reached the end of the first season because it's Charlie and Nick which are kind of the main two guys and they do a lot of development with the two of them especially by the end of the season and there are like other characters that are sort of lesbian and, and, and this other kind of stuff as well I would like to see more development now for those characters, but right. seeing as you've got more seasons, you can kind of not like push Charlie and Nick to the background, but you can focus a little bit more on other characters. Because yeah. if you did as much development with Charlie and Nick in this season, in the next two, I don't know how far you can quite actually take that story unless it's just sort of simply following their lives. But what I would like the second season to do is focus a bit more on the other characters. So that's not really a criticism. It's just more sort of you did this in this season. I'd like you to do something else in the other seasons but a very very good show uh, it's about 30 minute episodes there's about eight of them and i apparently got through them quicker than i even realized so that was really good <laughs> 
Um, have you, you seen any of that at all? I haven't got to it yet, no. But yes, I mean, everywhere that I see talking about this, it's been very, very, very positive, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And there's really interesting sort of bits and pieces behind the scenes. Like, you know, it was an open audition of 10,000 people for those two lead roles. Kit Connor has been in a couple of other things. He plays Nick, but the guy that plays Charlie, Joe Locke, was a complete newcomer. So that's really awesome. You've also got Yasmin Finney in there who is going to be in Doctor Who as a character right. called Rose, but we don't know in what respect that's going to like it, whether it's the mm-hmm. Rose we know, whether it's something else. And the entire thing is written and created by Alice Osman, who is the person that actually wrote the original comic books, which it's based off. And it mm. actually started off as a webcomic on Tumblr. And now it's a TV show. And they also said that when they announced the renewal of it, 1,700% the comic book sales have gone up of volume one of the comic book. (laughs) It's absolutely insane. Kit and Joe have gone from like around about 100,000 followers prior to the launch of the show to like having, Kit's got like 3.4 million followers and 2.5 million for Joe on Instagram. The Heartstopper hashtag on TikTok has like amassed 4.3 billion views. So it's been a massive, massive hit for them, which hence the reason they've renewed it for two more seasons. Yeah, so yeah. really happy for all of them and it's gone down so, so well. And the fact that, you know, it's the original creator of the book that is actually in charge of the show as well, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah, there's like a particular bully in the show as well. Obviously that's, you know, doing the, the homophobia storyline and everything. That's really, really quite effective and everything. And I got certain things things from that as well i'll go more in, in depth with that when we me and gray do the review and stuff but there was a few things i kind of picked up on in those scenes as well so i'll talk about that a bit more later but no really really good show and most importantly a very very important show yes. as well because there's, there's a difference between we all love our fantastic phenomenal shows but some of them have important specific themes and stuff so yeah that's good finished central park the second season i actually fell at one point like five or six episodes behind because it had a mid-season break I don't know why. They had basically 16 episodes and then I got caught up with it yesterday. It's a good season. I would say out of those eight episodes, half of them had sort of movement in the plot because season one, I'm pretty sure had less episodes. I think it was 10. And when I went to catch up with the show and looked at how many episodes there were and it said 16 and I was on episode 10 or something like that I was on. So I had quite a big chunk of it to watch. I was like, oh, that's quite a few episodes for a season of like Central Park because something like The Simpsons has a, you know, per episode plot where a Central Park kind of goes through the whole season. So I think the season suffered from being a bit too long. I I definitely kind of felt that. And in the, let's say, four-ish episodes that had like more meaning to them, it was because actual plot was happening. Because there's a couple of big things that happened in the last two episodes. I was like, oh, why didn't you sort of try and do this earlier in the season but then I realised all well, the season's a bit too long they deal with some like bigger stuff in the last couple of episodes involving like the actual core of the show and that's when I kind of realised like okay that's why I haven't enjoyed the season so much because there just wasn't simply as much plot. I still enjoyed the musical parts of it, the music I will say however I, th- I think certain songs not only were a little bit repetitive but lasted a bit too long right. um, the, the, the things I still enjoy about the show I, I still really like the characters and like Josh Gad's character, he's kind of like the narrator for the series and all that sort of thing. I still like the main kind of family and all, all the other sort of characters and that, but I think next season, just make the season a bit shorter and focus a bit more on like actual 
plot because there was stuff happening in the season but it was sort of okay this is just sort of things that are just kind of happening like people just doing little jobs and things like that and, and I know it's not a show to take like really seriously and all that because it's kind of a fun animated uh, comedy show but it just in some of those episodes it wasn't really sort of focused I think it was a little bit all over the place um, yeah. have you caught up with, with Central Park um, I have seen a few episodes of it I just didn't watch that much I watched the first mm-hmm. couple of episodes I think and then sort of dropped off it I don't know other things were sort of in the way and it wasn't kind of grabbing right. me as much as some of the other shows out there do it's one that's kind of fallen by the wayside for me but yeah. um, the music and the song and the sort of characterization sort of was enjoyable enough I just it, I don't know it didn't quite grab me enough yeah I just feel that season two is a bit less focused and structurally wasn't really quite all there but if they can go back to the qualities of season one I'm sure they can make a great season three yeah. so I still enjoyed it it just had those particular issues uh, then I picked up a new show which might not have been the best decision considering what we've got coming down the down the road but yes. uh, I thought I'd try to catch this one early I noticed there was only one episode out yeah and as I mentioned, I'm trying to trying to do that a bit more with certain shows. Uh, it's called The Time Traveler's Wife, which I had like 50% interest in, mainly because I, I'd seen like a title for it at some point, and you'd probably mentioned it coming to Now TV or, or something at some point. It has got Rose Leslie in it, who I like. Obviously, she's from uh, Game of Thrones. I think she was in some episodes of Luther as well. I really, really like this uh, pilot. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely stick with this show. Uh, there's a new episode out today, actually. It's the kind of pairing that with um, Barry, I right. think. I think that's HBO's like Sunday night thing at the moment. Barry's been excellent as well going forward. But basically, this is about Rose his character she's married to this guy and he completely uncontrollably time travels just all over the place to some really dangerous spots to some normal spots and the problematic part of that not only because you may or may not end up in in front of trains but the problematic part is nothing he's got on him goes with him yes and i'm talking about clothes so (laughs) he ends up in some uh, problematic situations with that because he ends up in people's houses he ends up on train tracks where he almost dies and other random places and i like the first like kind of the the way that show starts as well because they not explain it because he at the moment in the pilot episode he sort of doesn't really know why it's happening but he sort of has learned to because he's been doing it i think the wife mentioned 15 years or, or something like that that they've been doing this trying to have this somewhat functional marriage where your husband will disappear at some yeah. point he's kind of managed to live with it somewhat and just sort of get used to it but it's a concept i don't think i've really seen like the specifics of the concept obviously we've had time travel shows before but um i really enjoyed it i thought in certain points it was surprisingly funny and just the general concept itself is is mm-hmm. really really cool and for rose leslie's character you know for the wife herself she kind of at different points meets different ages and different versions of him uh, have you caught this one at all yes i watched this as well i'd be really interested in this because mm. it's based on a book and they actually did a film version of it back in i noticed that when i googled yeah, it yeah. 2009 the books from 2003 they did a film version in 2009 this adaptation comes from Stephen Moffat who of course knows something about time travel I thought he I wrote... saw his name in the credits yeah, he, yeah. He, he's the person behind Doctor Who so you know he's uh-huh. and Sherlock and other things as well he's exactly the right person that you want doing something like this it's directed by David Nutter who's like a huge well respected director as well and it's six episode series I really really enjoyed it the entire premise of it of 
of, you know, it opens with them interviewing the husband and wife, which is Claire, played by Rose Leslie, and Henry, who is played by Theo James. I think they're both incredibly likeable as that couple. And this weird sort of Mm -hmm. jumping around in time because Rose meets him before he meets her because of the sort of weird time difference. So you've got this strange setup of her having known him a lot longer than he's known her. And then as you go through, you know, he doesn't really understand how the time traveling works. It's sort of more of an affliction rather than a superpower because he randomly can just disappear and he'll disappear, spend some time somewhere else and reappear back just after he left. Sometimes he'll disappear and he'll be gone for months on end. And she never knows when he vanishes, when he's likely to turn back up again. And as you say, there is the problem that when he does disappear, he just leaves behind a pile of clothes. He can't take Mm -hmm. anything with him when he travels. So he's become rather good at surviving because he could suddenly land in, like you say, in front of a train or in the middle of a street or, you know, but he's completely naked and he's going to have to take clothes off somebody or off a washing line and try and find money because he doesn't know how long he's going to be there and how he's going to survive. I really, really enjoyed the entire setup for this. Ends in a really interesting place on that first episode as well. Mm. It, it yeah. is one of those things that if all six episodes had been like put up on demand, I, I probably would have. Oh, is there six? Yeah, the six episodes. Okay. I, I I would have just binged my way through them. I'm fairly sure I had they I would, I would have probably watched at least two back to back, yeah. Yeah, because it ends in a really interesting place. But it's HBO show and it's going out the day after it goes out in America. So Same thing Barry's doing, yeah. Yeah. Because of that, it's going out weekly. But I really like this. I think they've done a wonderful job and it's well, well worth watching. But it's on um, Sky Atlantic and now over here. There's one episode. Well, there's two episodes up now because another one went up last night. So mm. yeah, definitely, definitely want to go and watch that. Absolutely. Uh, that's what I've been up to, apart from enjoying certain football things. Uh, how about yourself? <laughs> um, so yeah, Time Traveler's Wife, obviously. That was one of the things that I watched. I did try another new show called Night Sky, which is on Prime Video. And this looked really interesting as well. Setup is it's Sissy Spacek and J.K. Simmons. So it's an older couple called Irene and Franklin. And you sort of meet them and they are pottering around the house. She's quite sick and he's sort of having to look after her. It also happens that buried in their backyard, sort of in under a shed, there is this secret chamber. And when you enter this secret chamber, it transports them to a strange deserted planet with this beautiful vista of a night sky with planets in it and stuff. That's what you're initially introduced to. It's this really odd little nice old couple in sort of rural America just happen to have access to this weird transportation thing in their basement. And they've got like a room set up where they can go in and sit in. They can't really go outside because they've tried experimenting. And if they go outside on the alien world, they've tried it with like mice and the mice died straight away. So that it's not like they can go wandering out on the planet. So all they can do is kind of go into this chamber. They get transported to this alien world and they sort of sit and watch the Vista and stuff. So that's what you're introduced to. I should say, if you're looking for Night Sky, it was very, very difficult to find on Amazon. It's a newly released show, and I literally had to go into the search and do a search for Night Sky for it. Despite the fact that I had it in my saved playlists, Uh didn't come up anywhere on my front page. I was like scrolling through and couldn't find it anywhere. I literally had to go into the search and search for it, for it to come up. So it seems to 
got very buried. I don't know whether that's just me, but it wasn't highlighted at all because they've got a big banner across the top and this is a brand new show they've dropped out and it wasn't anywhere on the front page, which is a little weird. So the setup for it, I always found quite intriguing. And the sort of premise of it is that this is in the description, so it's not giving a huge amount away, but they find somebody in that chamber on one occasion. And it's like, well, who is this guy? Where has he come from? That sort of thing. That guy's played by Chai Hansen, who some people know from things like Shadowhunters, and he was in the New Legends of Monkey on Netflix, and he's been in a bunch of other things as well. That's the sort of setup for it. The opening episode is glacially slow. I mean, it's just unbelievably slow. I I was like, get to the point, get to the point, because they sort of open it. You've got this couple pondering around. You see them sort of say, shall we go and watch the stars? And they go out to the shed. They go through the kind of transportation thing. They sit in the room for a bit and they're kind of chatting and that's all lovely and everything. Then they come back up and then you start to see bits about sort of their life and the fact that you know she isn't particularly well and it just doesn't really go anywhere or do anything until this lad turns up and even then i've watched the opening two episodes and the second episode kind of has this additional interest because you know you've now got this extra character of well who is he but it's still pretty slow going. How long is the episode? They're about an hour. They're like 55 minutes. Oh, right. Okay. If there were half an hour episodes, you'd be like, okay, fine. But they're hour long episodes. And I mean, somebody had already commented one of the posts that I like, I gave up halfway through episode two. And I, I sort of understand that because it is really, really slow going. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing and I'm kind of interested by the story, but I need it to go a bit faster. I'm going to try and get through a couple more episodes and see whether it picks up but it's from legendary television who are the people behind things like Carnival Row and it's Amazon as well I really like J.K. Simmons and I like Sissy Spacek it's a good cast the writers behind it haven't really worked on a huge amount of things one has something to do with Into the Badlands and the other guy would look like he was a sort of comedy producer he worked on the nightly show with Larry Wilmore but that's the only other real credit he's got so I don't know I mean an interesting premise but just very very very, very slow going. So if you like sci-fi things, fast paced, definitely not one for you. If you're prepared to stick with it, possibly, but I do want to see whether it actually goes anywhere. I will try and watch right. some more and episodes. Who that person is and what yeah, and you know, because that is a sort of interesting thing of like, well, who is this person? Where did he come from? I mean, the second episode, you're in this America, and then suddenly you're in Argentina, and there is another family that appears to be sort of protecting a similar sort of thing. You know, so there is some sort of wider thing going on, but it's just taking a long time to get there, and it feels like the story is just plodding a little bit Mm -hmm. so I will watch some more and I will try and catch up with it and I will let you know either next week or the week after where I am with it and whether I think it is actually worth your time but just be aware if you go and look at that it's called Night Sky it's on Prime Video it is very slow going (laughs) the other thing I picked up this week my next guest which is the Dave Letterman chat show series that is back there is I think six people he's talked to it used to be done obviously in front of a stage but since a lot 
lot of this was filmed in COVID. A lot of it is his, him going to people's houses this time around. The Will Smith one, which is not the first one up. I think the first one up is actually Billie Eilish. But I did what I think most people did was skipped over that and went to Will Smith. Then a title card comes up at the front of that episode going, this was filmed before the 2022 Oscars. You're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure everybody was like, oh, it's the start of that. But um, I mean, it's, it's still really interesting to hear him talk about, you know, particularly uh, there is a story of how he got the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then I also watched the Ryan Reynolds episode as well, which is in Ryan's house. They do that one. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus as well from Veep and Seinfeld. There was one with her. Billie Eilish, Kim Kardashian and Kobe Bryant, I think, are the other three. But I haven't done the other three. I watched them completely out of order because you don't need, you know, I went for the people that I really wanted to see first and then I'll go and watch the other ones. But it's basically an hour-long interview show, Dave Letterman chatting with these people. And it's really, really good. They're interesting to watch through. And this is the fourth season, so there's quite a few up there already. But if you like those sort of interview format things, they're really quite good. And the other thing I watched was a film, which is Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which I was really looking forward to having seen the trailer because the entire premise of this, if you're aware of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, big 80s cartoon, and they've kind of taken that idea that it was a cartoon in the 80s and run with it for this movie, rather than just trying to do a big version of what they used to do in the cartoon, which was, you know, the Rescue Rangers were a little team of small heroes led by Chippendale who would then go on adventures every week and try to rescue somebody. I mean, that was sort of the setup. It was your standard sort of 80s Saturday morning Disney cartoon sort of thing. The movie version, which they say is not a reboot, it is a comeback after 30 years in the making, takes that idea of Chippendale had this TV show back in the sort of you know late 80s, early 90s, and Chippendale had a falling out, and that was when the show got cancelled. And then they've gone in their different directions. So one of them's like an insurance broker, and the other ones doing the Comic Con circuit and trying to sort of relive the glory days, you know. So uh, Chip is voiced by John Mulaney and he's got this kind of domestic suburban life and Dale's voiced by Andy Samberg. And uh, Dale's also had CGI surgery, so he's no longer a flat 2D character. He's now a 3D character, whereas Chip is still a 2D character. And the world that they live in is a mixture of various cartoon characters alongside humans. So it's got that sort of Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of mm. idea going on. It's, I like that, that. it's that sort of world. There are so many cartoon cameos in this from people like Roger Rabbit, and some of them are just like blink and you'll miss them. But there's other Disney cartoons. There's other cartoons from Warner Brothers and other... I mean, there's all sorts of things popping up in there as background characters and some quite as foreground characters as well. I mean, I don't want to give anything away. There is like a hilarious setup when he's signing things at the Comic Con. There is a, a human cameo in there, which I thought was really funny. And there is sort of a major conversation between him and some of the other rejected cartoon and video game characters in that sort of booth area that are also signing things you know there is a great conversation between those characters so it's a really fun setup i'm not entirely sure who this is aimed at because a lot of those jokes i think might go over the heads of the younger audience who won't understand some of the references because they're not old enough not because of their adult but just because they weren't around to see the original shows mm. so there are some things that might not land but that 
might work as a sort of family thing as well because it is this sort of big adventure basically one of their friends gets into trouble and Chip and Dale end up sort of begrudgingly having to team up to go and try and rescue them in real life bearing in mind that they played Rescue Rangers on a TV show but they were actors they were never actually you know did that in real life so they're now having to do that in real life and team up together and try and rescue their friend so that's the sort of basic overall premise of it but the world that they create has got so many visual gags in it it's funny it's fun I like the fact that it sort of pokes fun of itself the voice acting's really good there's other people in there like Will Arnett there's Eric Banner there's uh, David Haysberg he's in there Keenan Michael Key Flo Borg, J.K. Simmons pops up as well Seth Rogen pops up in there I don't want to give any gags away but there are some wonderful well thought through kind of gags about the various animation styles and totally worth going to see it is up on Disney Plus right now so you can go and catch it on Disney Plus it's called Chippendale Rescue Rangers and it is one definitely worth catching I think as I say your age might depend on exactly how many of the gags you get but Mm -hmm. um, certainly worth watching okay I might might try and uh, check that out I think because I do like that style anyway of CG characters with real people like how they did it in the the Sonic films and Detective Pikachu I do like that there is a a really really good gag in there that I think you'll very much appreciate particularly (laughs) when he's at a signing booth worth pulling up on Disney Plus but uh, that's Chippendale Rescue Rangers I really really enjoyed that so definitely one to watch that's all the stuff we've been doing this week let's move on to some TV and film news Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So TV and film news this week, we start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. After last week's bloodbath of cancellations, there aren't a huge amount. There's some more renewals. There is one cancellation this week and it is again from the CW. So that marks the 10th show they cancelled in the last couple of weeks on the network. Just like the sort of villain at the end of a horror film that pops back up for like one final (laughs) kill before he gets shot by the police. You know, that one. They did announce one more well it is technically an ending rather than a cancellation and it's Riverdale will finally end on its seventh season they have announced I mean neither of us have actually watched this show for probably since what the second season so second or third yeah yeah so as to exactly what's going on in it at this point other than I know from what I've been reading they've had things like you know monsters time travel aliens apparently there's all sorts of weird magic and stuff going on in that show but uh, the amount of people that have gone oh yes it's probably time <laughs> that I saw as the response to the announcement of this seven seasons Riverdale is finally going been on a wild ride certainly you could certainly say that so. yes out of all the shows on the CW this is pretty much the only one to get a final season there were some comments from 
the CW boss who slightly threw the creators under the bus a little bit. Mark Penowitz is the guy that runs CW currently. I mean, it's probably going to get sold in the next couple of weeks, but I mean, he's the, currently the boss. He said, we had an idea early on which shows could be bubble shows. We did not know 100% what would happen, so we tried to encourage all the producers and to treat their finales as if they could be series finales. We wanted to do the right thing by the series and by the fans. Ultimately, the producers are stewards of their own creative vision unfortunately it's the fans that lose out by these decisions so basically saying look we went to everybody that we thought might get cancelled and said you might get cancelled make sure that your show is a series finale just in case and if it wasn't it wasn't our fault it was theirs which is a bit harsh of a sort of thing to I mean but you know fair enough if they're getting a lot of flack for cancelling a load of shows if they actually went out and said look this could be your last season and then Legends goes and ends on a cliffhanger Mm. it's the fault of the producers not of their fault but I mean the fact that he came out and said it I thought was a little harsh but depends how many plot lines you've got because if somebody turns around and is just like oh you've got like a few episodes left or something it's not quite so easy to just finish off your show that way it is yeah and it's it depends on the type of show it is as well because with mm-hmm. something like Legends as they proved last season you can wrap things up to a certain point because as we said before last season served pretty well as a series finale and then there was that five second coder at the end which like set up the next season so that worked quite well and I think with a show like Legends where it changes dramatically every season you could have actually put that in a position where it wraps up whatever that storyline is and you just don't set up a, a next season you can do it with a show like that if mm. you maybe something like legacies which is the julie pleck vampire diary series i imagine something like that has got like 20 different storylines going on because there's a whole bunch of cast in there if you've got a show like that i imagine that's a lot more difficult to tie up in a satisfactory way and still leave it with the possibility that you could come back for another season it's difficult in some situations to wrap them to a point where you're still leaving yourself enough legroom to be able to carry on and wrap it in a satisfactory enough way so yeah it's tricky but all he's basically saying is he did give people a heads up that that might be a final season but Riverdale has been the one thing that has actually actually got a final season this time around which whether out of all the shows that's the one that deserved it I'm not entirely convinced I think Legends probably deserved it more but I don't know wonder when the flash will end because the, the well, ninth, ninth is its next one yeah it wouldn't surprise me if the next season is the final season I think they said they cut it down to less episodes or something as well well that wouldn't be a bad idea if that is the case that wouldn't be a bad I idea should have done that from the start but never mind yeah I mean <laughs> it, it doesn't need to be 22 episodes yeah it doesn't need to be 22 episodes that's always been a problem it always felt like the storyline was somewhat stretched out on that especially when for years they had like four or five shows running in one go and for 23 episodes it's a lot yes yeah, yeah. it is we've said for years that that should be what a 16 episode run rather than a, a full at, at the most yeah yeah at the most should be a 16 episode run mm-hmm. we know for a fact that Grant's only signed on for this season but as I've said before Ellen Pompeo at Grey's Anatomy does that every season and always bitches about the fact that he's coming back and always wants it cancelled and then they throw a load of money at her and she comes back again so part of that I think is negotiating power as well so it's possible that he's done that because he's essentially out of contract at the end of each season which means he can negotiate more money each time it also gives him the option to be able to walk away so 
So we'll see whether they decide this is a final season or not. But certainly it's feeling like it possibly could be and maybe mm-hmm. should be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other thing that he did say is they are committed to superhero shows over there. I mean, they did cancel most of the Arrowverse, so they might mm-hmm. not be connected kind of universe. And they, they have picked up a new DC show, but I don't know, fine, as long as they're not sort of wiping all the superhero shows off the slate. But the Arrowverse itself, I think, is pretty much done as a sort of interconnected universe because the new show mm-hmm. they have picked up doesn't fit in with anything. So. Anyway, that's Riverdale will be going after one more final season. That's got a seventh season. There are some renewals as well. Heartstopper, as you mentioned earlier, that's been renewed for two seasons at Netflix. So uh, Mm. that shows you what a big thing that has been. Can we also not cancel that after three? Well, yes, that is also the danger if they give Mm. it three seasons. They kind of just say, okay, we'll make two more and that'll be it. Unless that is the creative decision of it, you know. Yeah, if it's meant to be three, then that's fine. Because, I mean, that's also the thing when you're dealing with kids that are in high school that they, and they get older they get older you change things yeah you know you kind of limited because of the age of the cast either that or you've got to dramatically change the story which i mean is doable but yes mm-hmm. there is a show on apple tv called home which has been renewed for another season as well it's a I... documentary series i believe that one uh, uh, it's actually a home kind of improve not a home improvement series but it's a documentary that looks inside the world of the most innovative homes apparently so if you like those sort of documentary you know snooping around people's houses interesting houses sort of things it's it's Hmm. one of those so that's on apple tv that's been given a second season so nine episode first season is already up there high school musical the musical the series (laughs) still a ridiculous title uh renewed for season four at disney plus uh i mean i think the third season isn't something like high school musical the musical the series the camp or something because yeah it's like got some... another subtitle because yeah. you know the name wasn't long enough before exactly it's ridiculous that title for the show so we'll mm-hmm. see maybe they'll have a camp and it'll be some sort of subgenre of that so it'll be high school musical the musical the series and the camp yeah. the singing contest or something i don't know i did hear in the th- upcoming third season that olivia rodrigo's role has gotten cut down a little bit which is a bit of a shame because she's like literally one of the main characters so right. I think that's because her music career is kind of kicking off and stuff ah. I, I noticed she had a documentary or something put up on, on Disney Plus she came up a few months ago so maybe it's because of that but awesome. again she's like one of the main characters so we'll, we'll see how they handle that but yeah good to see it come back anyway it's a kind of a, you know it's an enjoyable show so yeah so that's back for a full season anyway over on Disney Plus and uh, over on Channel 5 they've revived Challenge Annika after 15 years which for those of you that don't remember Challenge Annika because I mean you know that's a while ago it was the, the sort of follow-up series she did after Treasure Hunt Treasure Hunt is the one that everybody remembers with Annika Rice going around in a helicopter following kind of clues and that was sort of a competition series Challenge Annika was slightly different format basically she turns up somewhere they give her a task and she has a certain period of time to complete that task and it was done for children in need I think originally was how they set it up so she basically turns up in a truck and sometimes it would be something like building a vehicle or providing something to somebody or it could be a garden rescue thing or there there was all sorts of like random challenges that she was given and she's given this kind of period of time to do it so that was the basic premise of it 
and apparently Channel 5 have decided they're reviving that after 15 years with Annika Rice, I think, back in the lead of it. So if you like that show, it will be returning at some point in the not-too-distant future. In terms of pickup and other news, they've announced over on Dave that Late Night Mash will be returning and uh, Rachel Paris will be taking over it from Nish Kumar as the main host of that. That was a sort of weekly political satirical comedy series and uh, Nish announced at the end of the last season that he wasn't going to be coming back. Entirely his own decision because he, he did the Mash report for I think three or four seasons on the BBC and then they cancelled it and then they did Late Night Mash for one season on here and he's just decided five seasons is enough basically. So uh, Rachel Parrish who was on the show previously doing skits and stuff, she is going to take over as main host. And I think she's a great choice for it. So I think that's going to be really fun. They announced over on Disney Plus, there is a Daredevil series in development. Uh, Well, let's qualify this. It wasn't specifically announced by Disney Plus. It was announced by Variety and I think Deadline and a number of other of the high-end industry papers. Mm -hmm. So the high-end industry sites had come out with this news so it technically it is a rumor but those are the places that don't post things unless they have actually heard something they don't ask you for clicks for nonsense yes these aren't clickbaity things these are places that genuinely have people and sources that are very much embedded with inside various industry things so mm-hmm. there have been a lot of rumors about the fact that they have a daredevil series in development and of course why wouldn't they i mean we've kind of presumed that they are going to be doing something with those shows ever since they got them back from Netflix. But apparently it is an active development. And the reason we know this is because they've signed on a couple of writers. The two people that they've picked up as the writers are Matt Corman and Chris Ord. They've been signed up to write and exec produce. They are probably best known as the creators of the Piper Parabo USA Network series, which was called COVID Affairs. That ran for five seasons. They've also been EPs and showrunners on things like The Enemy Within, The Brave and Containment as well, which were they were actually fairly short-lived shows those, but uh, they clearly have experience, so you know, we'll see where that goes It will of course have the same cast, because they've already bought Charlie Cox back, and they've also bought Vincent D'Onofrio back in various places, so mm-hmm. it's not going to be like some big recasting thing Whether it totally changes is a different matter but it's less of an issue than it was because of the fact that they now have parental controls in the US on Disney Plus, which they didn't previously. So they can make it more adult, which it was on Netflix. If you can do what you did in Moon Knight and in uh, Doctor Strange in terms of violence, I don't see any reason you can't do the same, like almost the same show that they did over on Netflix. They might have to tweak certain things, but I don't think it's going to be the sort of, oh, you're like watering down Daredevil or anything. Because yeah. some of the violent stuff that we, and I'm not ever someone to complain about violence or whatever, but I understand there's different audiences out there. What they were able to get away with doing in Doctor Strange and not make it an R-rated film was, it, to, to me, was actually quite surprising. And I, I remember watching that film and thinking, if you can do the things you're doing, because like, let's just say Wanda's being kind of violent in that film, 
I don't see any reason you can't do that with Daredevil. Yeah. Swearing's a, a different thing. Obviously, that's where they'll have to tackle like Deadpool and stuff. That's a future thing. But I don't remember Daredevil swearing that much. There might have been the odd f bomb here and there from different characters, but you can you can easily write around that. They handled that with um, I know it's a different thing, but like AMC with with Negan because he's known to swear a lot in the comic books, and mm-hmm. they very easily wrote around that, and, and it didn't take anything away from Negan as a character. Of course, Jeffrey did a, is doing a phenomenal job with that. So, a Moon Knight like still he was you know in some fight scenes yeah. and things like that 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 wasn't as bloody as doctor strange was but it was still like you got some really good action out of that show so yeah. this whole like just this whole idea of like oh the pg-13 disney-fied watered down daredevil i don't think it's no. it doesn't it doesn't need to be like that no so. exactly i mean well look at the mandalorian as well i mean the mandalorian chopped somebody in half in the opening episode mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so i actually don't think even if they did make it PG-13 I don't think it's going to lose a huge amount by doing that no I don't um, think so and I mean it needs to get as closest to the edge as it can because of the type of hero he is but like you say with Moon Knight I, I think they handled that really really well so I don't really see it being an issue for them and I mean there is two points to this one is do they make it PG-13 because Disney Plus even though they don't need to do that now because there is an adult rating and the old Netflix shows which are now on Disney plus in the US are behind the adult locked section so mm-hmm. they have that option if they wanted to do that it's whether Kevin Feige himself actually wants to tone it down a little so it makes it easier to integrate that character into the wider MCU. I mean, there is a creative possibility why you might want to just tweak that a little bit. So I still expect it to be a little bit of a soft reboot because you are fully integrating that character into the MCU. But if they want to go all out violent, there's no reason why they couldn't do that. And I think it's less of an issue with Daredevil than it would be maybe, say, for Punisher. If they did a Punisher series, then yeah, maybe you'd want to keep that is more 18 rated because I think Punisher and Deadpool are more closer related in that sort of respect. So I think you could get away with toning it down a little bit without losing too much, given what we've seen with things like you know, Mandalorian and Moonlight. I think you can get away with quite a lot there. But yeah, I think there is going to be some sort of not a full reboot in the same way that when you have a new comic book writer come onto a book, they slightly tweak the mm-hmm. direction of things. You know, um, yeah. So I, I think it's going to be sort of like that. You've got new people taking over the book of Daredevil for this Disney Plus series. So it is going to be a little different, I suspect. But, you know, I'm okay with that. I, I'm really interested to see what they come up. I would like them to bring uh, Foggy and Karen back. That I'm sure be... that they will. They will. They really, have, really... They, they'd have to. I'm sure that will happen. Sticking with Disney+, Plus, we also got a She-Hulk premiere date, which we kind of mentioned last week, but they have officially concerned it. And we got a trailer as well. But that was Wednesday, the 17th of August, they've officially said. And there was a trailer went up. I think this looks like quite a fun series. I know if some people yeah. have sort of like been a mixed reaction to it because it is an out-and-out comedy. I mean, it is listed as a comedy series. But I think it looks like it's going to be quite good fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed the trailer for that. I do have to say about because I kind of tweeted about this as well. A, a lot of the like negative comments I saw was about how she looked and it just furthers what I've sort of said before which is the the obsession with visuals in this industry <laughs> like whether it's graphics in games and like oh look how good the grass looks and all this kind of stuff is becoming kind of comical now everyone's got their you know entitled to their own opinions and you know if they want something to look better and that kind of stuff but 
it was just interesting to see the comments about like the, the CG on her and things like that. And the, the, this isn't actually like a finished product either because they still have, yeah. you know, time to put, you know, it's not out for another couple of months yet. But just found the conversation around that interesting. Did you see any comments about that at all? Yeah, I saw a few things talking about, oh, um, you know, the, the CG looks a bit dodgy here or there. And if there is things that they need to tidy up in the CG and there may very well be that they did for the trailer, I'm sure they'll get to that. Mm-hmm. The, they've done a pretty decent job with all the CG stuff so far. I mean, I'm sure it'll be all fine when it comes out. Don't judge it entirely by what the CG's like in the trailer. Yeah. But yes, 17th of August for She-Hulk, that is coming to Disney+. Plus. Reacher, we already knew they were having a second season for that show. First season was great. Uh, they have announced that the second season will be based on Book 11, which was Bad Luck and Trouble. They've also said Marina Stein will return as well, who was the sort of PI that helps Reacher out every so often she's okay. coming back as well is that will of fitzgerald's character no where uh, marina stein's francis neagley who was the private detective and the sort of former armor investigator that he called on every so often will of fitzgerald who you're thinking of was only in the first season because the entire thing about reacher is he moves from town to town to town so there are very few characters that are able to cross from season right. to season I, and she was great but no <laughs> okay no i've not seen any of the shows so that's why i asked ah right okay yeah she played roscoe in the first season and malcolm goodwin was in that as well from um i zombie yeah yeah and uh yeah so neither of those characters those characters were specific to the location of the first show and Hmm. there are very few characters that translate from one season to the next and the the second season is basically about one of his old squad mates i think turns up dead so it's kind of going into the bit more into the background of reacher as well cool so yeah very much looking forward to that because the first season was absolutely superb so really looking forward to that Back on UK TV, there are some interesting things that they announced coming up for Sky. Fantasy Football is returning. Fantasy Football League, the TV series, which of course was originally Frank Skinner and David Baddiel. Last season that they did was in 2004. They're bringing it back on Sky. It's going to be Matt Lucas and Ellis James hosting it. So they're going to be doing that sort of... I mean, have you seen any of the Fantasy Football TV series? I hadn't seen any of this before, no. So you'd never seen the original show? No. If it was in like 2004, I wouldn't have... don't think I'd actually heard of this before. So, oh, right, um, okay. It, it might have been like a bit in the background or, or something like that. Because right. majority of coverage I see or have seen is like Sky Sports stuff or YouTube things. So this, this wouldn't have really been what I was looking at. Right, then. yes. Okay, so the basic format of the show is these two blokes sat on a sofa. They have guests come on and they're made up of teams that are, are regular sort of celebrity guests and they kind of pick fantasy football teams so that's the basic mm-hmm. kind of premise of it it was based on the life of david Baddiel and frank skinner who actually shared a flat at the same time so the entire set was sort of a set of their flat and they had a guy called stato who was on there who gave all the statistics out as well they're taking the same basic premise uh, apart from it's going to be ellis james and matt lucas that are going to be the two main hosts of it and then there'll be kind of guests coming on but it was quite a fun show and if you're into football it's kind of quite a nice comedy football series so uh, they're bringing that back another football show which is called got got need 
This is Jack Whitehall has challenged his best mate, Jamie Redknapp, with some help from his dad, Harry, to build his own World Cup team by collecting real life meetings with actual World Cup stars. That's basically it. It's like trying to collect the stickers you get in the stickers albums, except doing it with meeting actual players. Is the idea of it. Hmm. It's only three episodes and it's on, well, the World Cup is on, I think is the idea for that. It sounds interesting. Yeah. Something slightly like different. I do like Jack Whitehall a lot. I've still not seen, there was a final three episodes of uh, Travels with Father with his yes. dad because Netflix forgot to keep telling me that it was on there so <laughs> yeah. but uh, the red naps are cool Jamie and um, obviously Harry we'll see what this is like I think the show is mainly going to be Jamie and Harry and it's sort of you know how in Idiot Abroad series Ricky kind of sets up right sending Meetings him off and stuff yeah, yeah. R- Ricky sort of sets it up at the start and sends him off I think it, it's that sort of setup of Jack kind of setting Jamie off on this thing to go and try and meet these World Cup people. It sounds like it's that sort of setup. So I don't know how much Jack is actually in it, but mm. he will obviously make some sort of appearance in it. But I think it's mainly focused on Jamie and Harry. That So that will be on Sky around the time of the World Cup. Then they've also announced Hold the Front Page, which is Josh Widdicombe and Nish Kumar are about to leap into the unique and often sensational world of local news. So it's essentially it's Josh Widdicombe and Nish Kumar traveling the UK, working temporarily at local newspaper outlets and following up sort of little local news stories, which I think sounds like a wonderful, fun, interesting little premise for a TV show. So it's basically exploring Britain sort of via the medium of the local newspaper, which I think sounds like it's going to be really fun. And I really like Josh. I really like Nish. So I I think that could be great with the two of them working together because they're quite good friends in real life as well. So, Mm -hmm. Um, But that's called Hold the Front Page. Don't know when that's dropping, but there is that. Just jumping back onto Warner Brothers temporarily, there is one of the things that has been officially announced this week. They kind of mentioned it a few weeks ago. It got like leaked, but it has officially been confirmed. The Wonder Twins film, which was being made as a film for HBO Max, has definitely been cancelled. It's so weird, this, because KJ Apa from Riverdale was one of the cast in this, and mm-hmm. they announced him, and I can't remember the girl's name, but they announced the two leads for this on the 15th of April. It was then leaked on the 1st of May that it had been dropped two weeks later and they officially confirmed it this week that it had been so they're obviously known for a while because if, if somebody had leaked it was cancelled on the Hurston May they've known that it's been cancelled for that long so I mean as such an odd decision to announce a movie cast it and then like two weeks later to have it cancelled and I know that was sort of around the time of the WB Discovery merger but even so the timing of that's so odd I think it's a shame because the Wonder Twins are quite good fun they would have fitted quite well into the peacemakery sort of world of okay. that they're not like big and violent but it, there's a sort of hyper realistic version of those characters because they the, in the comic books certainly in the later ones I don't know about some of the earlier ones but certainly in the ones that are the latest run they're basically interns at the Halls of Justice if you don't know the right, Wonder yeah. Twins didn't they do the Halls of Justice or whatever in the uh, one of the Arrowverse crossovers I think sort of yes sort of yeah, yeah. I think I remember them mentioning it or something like that yeah, yeah. 
now. Yeah, but the idea is in the later versions of the comic books that the Wonder Twins are essentially the interns and they make tea and stuff uh, uh, and they're <laughs> sort of at the halls of justice and there are other things going on and you kind of occasionally get some of the bigger, like, you know, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman, you occasionally get them sort of wander in, but they're dealing with higher sort of things, you know, they're dealing with like big global threats and stuff. And the Wonder Twins are trying to sort of impress them, but are kind of failing slightly. So there's there's a sort of characterization of the bigger heroes being a little bit dickish and sort of ignoring these two as you sort of go through it. So I kind of feel that there is a version that would fit quite well into the sort of Peacemaker world there. So I've had a kind of interest in this. And they're, they're alien as well. So they're kind of new to the planet and don't really understand exactly exactly how mm. things work as well. So there's a sort of fish out of water thing going on. So I think there was a lot to play with there. So it's a shame that... What could they both do? The powers are activated when they touch each other and speak the phrase Wonder Twins powers activate, but they, they physically got a sort of like your bump fists or something. So uh-huh. that one of them can transform into water into any state, so solid, liquid, gas, and the other one can transform into animals of various types. They can be kind of real mythological indigenous to earth or indigenous to their home planet so that's their main kind of powers so if you've got an enemy attacking them and they separate them they can't do anything once their powers are activated they stay activated for a length of time i think mm. i don't know how long <laughs> no i mean before that like before they do the power up oh thing, yeah yeah if you... yeah if you if you get them before they've actually activated their powers then yes they're stuffed <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> So they're not, I mean, you know, they're not great as heroes either uh, in that necessarily sense. But but yes, I Um, think they would have been an interesting addition and fun and funny. So Yeah, it's a a bit, uh, because they they announced the casting, didn't they? And then about, like you said, about two weeks later, there were some rumours and I think I messaged you and I said, oh, has this been cancelled? Like they just announced the casting because the the Riverdale guy and that. And then you said to me at the time, like like kind of what everyone else was saying, that like, oh, it's just kind of rumours and it's, you know, being spread around by clickbait sort of site so but that yeah. was obviously it being leaked yeah um it's very but, difficult uh, to tell sometimes sometimes those things are right sometimes yeah. those things are wrong i mean I, I wasn't sure with that one but yes so very 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 short-lived yeah um but yeah to announce the casting and then like what a few weeks later it's sort of done that's pretty wild yeah yeah it was kj apper and isabel may were the people that had been cast as the leads on that so isabel may being in young sheldon i think played veronica on young sheldon mm. but yes but it is no more apparently and uh, one of the little bit of CW news, the Babylon 5 reboot is still apparently very much in active development. Whether, of course, if the CW gets sold, whether that would end up on the CW, or whether it would end up on HBO Max, who knows? But um, it is still kicking around. They have still got that in development over there. So we could be getting, uh, and it is from the guy that wrote the original Babylon 5 so it's not some new writer coming in and redoing it somebody else's vision it is him redoing it himself so uh, that has a lot of potential I think mm-hmm. so it's good to know that's still kicking about that's all the news for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> 
So, highlights for next week on TV. We have Wu-Tang, an American saga, which is a drama which follows a fictionalised account of the formation of the Wu-Tang clan that is coming for season one on Disney Plus on the 25th of May. The Flight Attendant season two, that comes to Skybox on the 26th of May at 9pm. I have seen a few episodes of the second season. It's brilliant as the first one was. I really, really enjoying it. Taylor's great in that lead role and uh, it's really really good fun Stranger Things returns for the first bit of season four and that is on the 27th of May this has been split into two well sort of two parts it's basically most of the season and then there is a break and two episodes so um, it's slightly odd how they've split it up because it's most of the season and then two episodes at the end but apparently the episode at the end of part one is basically feature length and the finale is basically feature length yeah so, these, these episodes are really long yes they have said the episodes are really really long I mean the entire fourth season is longer than any other season we've had before despite the fact that it's the same number of episodes essentially is it this one that's the final season or the next one it's the next one that's the final season so we've got one more to go after this okay another big show starting this week Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi that has two episodes released on Friday the 27th of May and then the next episode will land the following Wednesday so we get like three episodes within a very short amount of time uh, and there's only I think six episodes in that run so yeah, you basically got half the thing in like you know five days Mm. so um, I'm very much looking forward to that I think there's a lot of excitement around this but uh, Friday the 27th of May Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi drops onto Disney Plus. Midsummer Murders comes to ITV for the third part of season 22. It's really weird, the format of wow. this. They've like been dropping out one or two episodes at a time in the UK. And I think the whole thing has gone out on BritBox in the US. For some reason, ITV have really spaced this season out. Right. So it's like one episode, then like a three month break, then another episode. And that, so I, it's weird. But yes, mm. Midsummer Murders season. Season 22 is back again on the 29th of May at 8pm for that. And then lastly, Pistol, which is a six episode limited series about the legendary Sex Pistols based on a um, memoir by Steve Jones, who was the guitarist for the band. And uh, that comes on the 31st of May to Disney Plus as well. And that Pistol. They've done a few of those, haven't they? They did like the Beatles. Was it the Beatles? Uh, well, yes, The Beatles was an actual documentary, though. This is a drama. So. Okay, right. But yeah, uh, and Wu-Tang Clan, again, it's a similar thing. He's, you know, Wu-Tang Clan's about the you know, the American group, so uh, mm-hmm. Pistol's about the sort of classic British group. It's sort of more in the vein of that Pam and Tommy thing, I guess. Right. So that's Pistol, 31st of May for that. And that's everything we have for you this week. If people want to find more from you where can they find you uh, you can find me over on entertainmenttalk.org uh, for TV games films and United podcasts and of course on your favourite podcast platform I uh, did a big um, it wasn't just a United cast focused episode yesterday I talked about sort of how the whole season finished I talked about my manager of the year and everything who that was and just, just a kind of a, more of a sort of final day discussion of uh, all the Premier League stuff so there's all that so I'll be doing a sort of season wrap up I think the week after next give a give a little bit of time for that I uh, did a season preview podcast for 
the boys that's coming back because of course June is June is approaching so uh, we're going to have no shortage of content to say the least that's, uh, that's one of the earlier things that's like June 2nd as well so I uh, did my preview for that obviously got Jensen Eccles as Soldier Boy so that's really cool uh, still covering Better Call Saul with David we've got the mid-season finale coming up this week that should be a big episode still doing gaming talk at episode 300 recently film reviews you know all that type of stuff some TV season reviews and uh, as we mentioned June is on its way so we'll have no shortage of things to give coverage for uh, you can also find me on Twitch at eTalkUK and you can find the YouTube channel which has got those archived and the game clips as well on uh, Entertainment Talk Plays so that's all my stuff yep so go and check Matt out over there for other people involved in the show you can of course find Bex at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S who is doing streams pretty much daily and and evenings and stuff and you can find her talking about retro games or just chatting I think she was doing some DIY so hopefully she still has all her fingers she, <laughs> she did a she posted a thing out saying I'm doing DIY you are my responsible adult come watch so yeah. so yes she did a DIY stream recently and uh, yes she's doing loads and loads of fun stupid things are going on over there so go and check out Bex on Trista Bites Daryl you can also find over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those series you love which are shot in Canada for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 bye